Welcome, Master, to the Lobot Lounge, the gathering place for the gentlemen nerds. The gentlemen nerds, Master, are three entertainment aficionados who know each other through various media endeavors, getting together to talk about all things nerdy, mostly in the vein of film, television, toys, comic books, and popular culture. Master, many topics are discussed, so be warned, there are the potential for many spoilers. Master, if you like what you hear, you can listen to past shows on iTunes or on our website, thegentlemennerds.com. And now, Master, happy birthday, and enjoy the show. The year was 1986, and the world would be introduced to Watchmen, made by British creative team of writers Alan Moore, artist Dave Gibbons and the colorist John Higgins. Now, Watchmen depicts an alternate history where superheroes are emerged in the 1940s and the 60s, and their presence changed history so that the United States won Vietnam War and the Watergate break-in was never exposed. Set in 1985, the country is heading toward World War III with the Soviet Union. Freelance costume vigilantes have been outlawed, and the most former superheroes are in retirement or working for the government. And the story of Watchmen focuses on the personal issues and developments and plans and machinations of these amazing real-life heroes. The television series in 2019 is a remix of the original comic series. While the series is technically a sequel, it takes place 34 years after the events of the comics. That's important, ladies and gentlemen, but within the same alternate reality. We're gathering together to talk about and applaud the amazing television series Watchmen on HBO. Here, gathered to discuss all things Watchmen, are Mark Finn. I wish all the scum of the earth had one throat, and I had my hands around it. Aaron Diorive. They will look at us and say, please save us, and I will say, no. And I'm Joseph Fotinos, your host and emotional touchstone on this very special holiday-themed episode of The Gentleman Nerds as we discuss Watchmen 2019. Woo! Uh, triple word score for the double Rorschach opening reference. Everybody drink! <laughs> Everyone drink. You, you know what? I was so tempted to say, you think you're trapped in here with, that I'm trapped in here with you. No, you are yes, trapped right, in here with, with me. me. <laughs> right. No. Oh, but, Rorschach, you lovable scamp. You racist fuck. <laughs> right? Right? And then, oh, and then yeah, that's no. a great launch, man. That's a great launch. Because remember that when, when we saw the trailers for this thing or the, or the you know, the previews for it on HBO, Watchmen coming, I remember thinking to myself, well, how in the world are they going to do a TV series on that? Knowing the story, right? And then so you saw, saw all the different people wearing Rorschach masks, and you're like, what is going on? You know, it was it was bizarre. I didn't know if it was going to be an origin story of the original Watchmen team. I didn't know where it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be a re reboot or a rehash from the beginning. Um, holy moly. Uh, it's, it is... Um, it's astonishing. Uh, I'll just I'll just stay start with that and and uh, it's masterfully done. I gotta tell you, I was uh, I was one of the people that didn't want this, and not okay. because I side with Alan Moore, uh, because I think there's a point at which uh, this has made so much money that he kind of just needs to sort of like you know acknowledge it and be quiet. But uh, that's a whole separate podcast. But uh, I was really on the fence about this because I just, you know, I, I didn't like the movie. 
I thought there was no way to do this and do do it justice. And I have to tell you that going forward, when we start hitting more beloved comic book properties, the yeah. kinds of which are are in the in the vein of Watchmen, going forward, this is how I want them all done. You know, yeah. to just take take the book, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And then and then come forward to where we are now. Genius. Yeah. And I and I got to tell you, from the first episode, I was like, oh, they're doing this. Wow. And it completely disarmed me right. and allowed me to watch the show and enjoy it so much more, knowing that I didn't have to compare this to anything that right. I had read or seen or experienced. It didn't it didn't move any nostalgic pieces of, of memory for me from, from reading that original series, yeah. but it built on them. And that it is, does. It does, I've, no. I've never seen a, the only other project that I think uh, tried to do this and failed miserably, by the way, Superman returns. Uh-huh. It's the only one I can think of where they said, let's take what we did, leave it alone and move forward. Right. And of course they, 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 they played the wrong game with that. But for this, this kind of firebrand yeah. sort of story, yeah. So yeah. smart. So smart. Aaron, what are your opening thoughts? No, same thing. I, I had zero expectations when they announced, you know, the Watchmen series. And, and you know, like it or not, my my uh, fear was, was and my thought was, oh, okay, uh, it's going to look just like Zack Snyder's movie. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to have the same vibe and it's going to have the same feel. And they're going to pretty much pick up from where the movie left off because that's what everyone knows. But... Um, so I guess it's a good thing. I went in expecting absolutely nothing and came out absolutely delighted. Yeah. Um, I, I I love what what Mark said that they they completely they ignored the movie and said nope. Uh, we are pretending that only the comic existed. Yeah, um, space squid is, man, space right. squid. We that got was, a squid. They got even the squid. showed it to you. They showed it to you. It was freaking yeah. brilliant. But um, so no, I I, 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 even after watching the first episode, I was like, okay, no, I mean, there's some, there's some really great gritty stuff in there. Wow, what a bold opening to to mm. show that historical event. And oh wow, man, that's a gut punch. And where are they going to go with this? And it right. only. It only got better. It yeah. only got better. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, God damn, how are they doing this? Yeah. Um, it, was, it, it, it really is. It really is set up very well. And it, and it does get you in a place that you're not suspecting. Um, the, 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 the series, just a brief overview. We, we, we can't go into so much detail because we only have the time that Maxim million gives us, but um, it opens with racial tensions in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 2019 as a white supremacist group called the 7th Cavalry have taken up arms against the Tulsa Police Department. Uh, racial, A lot of racial tension and injustice, perceived racial injustice. You know, it's hard to be white in America, that level of, yeah. of idiocy um, versus, and, 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 you know, if, these cops, and, right? And even from that opening moment, uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, Joseph, but my God, okay, so fans of comics, fans of superheroes and stuff, uh, they took a historical event and they know that in this world, the first costume superhero was Hooded Justice. Mm -hmm. And they knew that they were going to make the character of Hooded Justice black. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They give us the fucking Superman opening. This is baby Kal-El being put in the fucking spaceship, Mm -hmm. sent to Earth, yeah. So that he can be the first goddamn superhero <laughs> on Earth. 
Yep. And Genius. I just about lost my shit. I went, <laughs> bravo, bravo. Oh, my God. It's the story of fucking Kal-El. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I, I can't believe they yeah. pulled this off with such panache. <laughs> and, and to and to make the character of Hooded Justice, I mean, such an amazing origin story. That's how that's how heroes are born. That's that oh, to a, me was yeah. such a, a a well done origin story. Him and Looking Glass both had amazing origin stories that I, I really enjoyed the hell out of. Uh, it explained all the things. You know, I, this is the thing. Um, Damon Lindelof. Linda Loft, did I say his name right? Linda um, Loft, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, this, this, honestly, I, I can forgive him uh, for Lost now. I can forgive him right. for that, for that, for the ending that, right. that I wanted to, 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 to hit him with a shovel. But now I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. Thank you. The, you know, it's almost, and I could see the, the same type of pacing because Lost did the same thing, but Lost spread it out over what, eight, years nine years however long it was on where they were jumping back and forth and doing the non-linear storytelling but it lost itself along the way this is so much tighter so much put together i could see the writer's room for the watchman the 2019 watchman as being this madman's hovel of strings and and, and index <laughs> cards taped and hanging around All and right. they're following spring they're moving things around they're like okay this and that and oh my it's it is it's stunning folks and i was, and I, was just, I was just laughed. talking to aaron about about this and I told him I said look I don't I, I don't ever want to see a picture of the writers room because what because this whole because of what it felt like he mentioned show, exactly what you said Joseph he mentioned exactly what you just said really <laughs> yes. we, we are brothers from another mother um, I I don't I don't want to ever watch I don't want to see the writers room because I, this whole watching this whole season felt like a really excellently crafted magic trick and I don't yeah. want to see how it was done I know I know what went into it. You know, I, I can imagine it, but I don't ever want to see it because I, I don't, I, I kind of really enjoy uh, just sort of marveling in like the fact that he pulled this off. I, I said also, I think this is the best thing Lindelof has ever done. Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know if, I don't know if he's ever going to do anything better, but whatever you might've thought about his other work, this is the best thing he's ever done. And it uses all of the tricks and all of the the, the techniques that, that we have seen uh, developed in the 21st century television renaissance, you know, the nonlinear storytelling, the yeah. flashbacks, the uh, the interconnected narratives that overlap and overarch, all of these all of these more sophisticated storytelling techniques, they they threw the the book at this series and and actually did a couple of things that I've not seen done in, in television ever. Uh, in fact, the only I, they managed to pull off something that I'd only seen Alan Moore do in comics. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that. We'll get to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and even speaking of the comic origins of, of this series, they they were they stayed true to the fantastic in in ways that made my drop. They were not ashamed to go there, even. Adrian Veidt, Osmandius, running around in that ridiculous outfit um, right. that, you know, that he was told in the final episode, you know, put something a little bit more appropriate to your age on. How about this? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they were, he was so, I mean, such a such an incredible narcissist. Uh, and, and I want to go on a record, folks, uh, here in saying that uh, Jeremy Irons is is 
just so amazing in this and I could watch him do just about anything. Um, I, I'm always, I'm, he's always compelling. He's always, he always draws me in. I will, I just, I hang on his every word, his every gesture. He's yeah. such an amazing actor. No, as and, far as and, the casting, the perfect the casting. Oh yeah. yes. No, there's, yeah. I would have picked no other actor except him yeah. to play an aging Ozymandias. It was yeah. perfect. It was it was really fantastic, um, but but then the rest of the cast is is equally amazing. You know, Louis Gossett Jr. is is outstanding. Regina Always King good. as this, as Sister Knight, um, you know, who takes the lead on this one is uh, outstanding. She is a uh, a real amazing actress and an amazing character that they created for her. Um, absolutely, Don Johnson was spectacular in that role that he had, and. Uh, <laughs> Really set the mood, uh, I think, for it. Uh, you know, sort of took us off, took us off guard in a lot of ways too. But, I gotta uh, tell, I gotta tell you, my favorite of the whole thing was Gene Smart. Gene Smart, oh, yeah. Spectre oh, was just amazing. terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she, I, I love Tim Blake Nelson. I just love uh, him in everything he's in, and and yes. and he was great in this. But he, but again, he's great in everything. Uh, yes. Don Johnson has been good in the last few years. He keeps doing darker parts and kind of film noir mm -hmm. things, and he's great. And Regina King held the series together. She was awesome. But uh, Gene Smart uh, was was a commanding presence Absolutely. every time she she took Absolutely. the uh, screen Absolutely. and was uh, really drove. I loved her story. I loved her through line. Yeah. Uh, she got some of the best lines in the story. I love. I, she was. The, she got to be the one. That was jaded. She got to be the one that's mm -hmm. been there and done that, you know, and yeah. we didn't really yeah. have anybody like that. So that right. was awesome. But uh, Timothy Blake Nelson's Looking Glasses is, is was our hands down favorite new character. Yeah. Um, we just everything the way he talks that that the draw, his wit, his his repartee, that awesome mask, which I'm sure we'll see in in cosplays, you know, oh, at yeah. conventions going forward. Oh yeah. Um, but it would and be a great, like, what a great origin story. I like the fact that he sits on the Rorschach arm of the yes. of the story yes. without being, you know, he's the he's got a conspiracy theorist, and so he's definitely got some damage, uh, clearly, right from right. his, you know, from his right. origin story. Mm -hmm. But he's not, um, he's not a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's not psychotic and borderline. Right. Right, so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really cool uh, wrinkle for him. Right. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was phenomenal, and uh, I've seen near universal acclaim for it. Yes, uh, which uh, which is pretty astonishing considering. I don't think my viewpoint was I. You know, I think everybody had a real wait and see attitude. I was really the only one kind of poo pooing it. In fact, I kind of waited a couple of days to watch the first episode. I was really? like, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, again, um, Zack Snyder left a bad taste in my mouth, okay. you know, and, uh, and I, I've seen other, uh, and all of the other rollout stuff that DC has done around Watchmen, all the before and the after issues and stuff like that. And I, granted, I'm, I'm glad that, um, Dave Gibbons has been involved because yes. he's made a lot of money off of it and, and, and deservedly. So he's a tremendous artist. I've always liked him. Um, and I get why Alan Moore wanted to distance himself from it, but, uh, but he really, think, he's, he's brought the gravitas back to that series. But yes. honestly, guys, don't you think you have to, I, 
there's some part of me that believes Alan Moore would see this and smile. He'd go like, okay, they got it. They get it. I, that, that's they what I'm it. thinking. I'm thinking, you know, if, yeah, if, if he, Alan I, Moore haven't seen it, I, this yeah. would be the thing that, cause it's I, far enough away from everything that he did. You know, I've sort, I've sort of lost any kind of, uh, uh, um, I, I don't put any weight in what Alan Moore says about things that aren't comic books only because oh. he liked league of extraordinary gentlemen, the movie. And uh, oh, that yeah, was, well. I was like, well, okay, that's it for you. I mean, you obviously <laughs> oh, did he? I thought he didn't like it. I no, thought he said no. it was nothing like his, like like the comic. He did say that, but he also said he enjoyed it, which, oh, you know, okay. I'm sure there was well, a big fat I, check I in the mail would. that yeah, came I, with I, it. Yeah. I actually think he would enjoy this guy. I mean, he, because it, it touches on all the things that Alan Moore is so obsessed about, social commentary, deconstruction of, of iconic characters. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's all the stuff he loves to do. Um, but you know, who knows? Because he's a grumpy old sorcerer and he hates everything. So, let's dig down. Did he like the uh, the the movie B for Vendetta? Do we know? No, 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 he did not. He did not like Vendetta. He did not like the Watchmen. He didn't like pretty much, uh, you know, uh, 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 what's the one? The 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 hell, the from hell. He doesn't like anything, he doesn't like any adaptation, and yet he liked the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I will see, I I didn't know that. I actually just he hated it like he hates everything else right. based on his work but uh so we've got let's let, let's dig down into it we do yeah. have uh the uh we know what happened in the 80s when Veidt's actions of creating of creating a fake attack but a real slash fake attack by a squid-like alien that that killed three million people in new york city but through his actions preventing nuclear holocaust and having nations work together so hey he declared that a win you can't make an omelet without breaking a few million eggs yeah, so, he, he, he gets away with it in the, at the end of the comic. Yes. Although he's vaporized by Dr. Manhattan. Right. Which, is, which, which, which confused me because they never addressed the fact that how is he still alive? No, no, no. He comic. wasn't. Rorschach. Rorschach is, is dis- disintegrated by That's uh, right. That's right. It was, it was Rorschach. Okay, that's right. right that's yeah, right. No, Vi, in did fact, he just... asks him, Vi asks him, did, did, you know, did I do the right thing? You know, in the yeah. end. And yes. Manhattan says nothing ever ends and walks out. That's right. You're right. You're right. I for some reason I thought it was he got vaporized too. I think uh, I think in the movie he got vaporized. Maybe I don't know. I had yeah, they, 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 but yeah, they may have changed that. No, no, that's that's a good point. Thank you for settling that because that was one thing that was nigglingly. I was like, what did he did he secretly spare him or no, no, he just didn't do it at all. Um, but no, it's a sequel to the comic book, which really. That's the amazing part, you know. It, it, it the movie exists, and the movie, in my opinion, isn't horrible. I think it does an admirable job of pretty much matching that tone, except, of course, for the squid attack, which caused you know no no small amount of Szechuan sauce to fling in the walls of oh. of, of comic book friends all over the place because you know right. people were, were torn. They're like, you can't depict a giant squid attack. That's stupid. Uh, you know, well, yeah, you can, and and this is how you do it. You know, you, you do it this <laughs> great this way. With this psionic attack and and this great pan over Manhattan and this giant squid sitting on top of all the buildings, just and in fact, go even further, right? He he not only showed the squid attack, he actually used plot element in wrapping up the goddamn series. Yeah. So it's like, oh, gee, genius, genius. (laughs) And and this one, of course, you know, like we said earlier, takes place in in 2019, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the white supremacist group. They're inspired by Rorschach's writings. From his journal, which is why they all wear the masks, uh, you know, again, to wage violent war against minorities, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, White Knight 
was the event in 2016, Christmas Eve 2016, where the uh, the Seventh Cavalry attacks um, the homes of 40 Tulsa police officers, um, and those that survived, you know, many of them scattered to the winds. But the only two that stayed, of course, were Detective Angela Abar, who was white, not, who was a sister uh, sister Knight, and uh, Chief Judd Crawford. The opening episode, by the way, <laughs> is called. It's summer and we're running out of ice, which the minute I saw the the, the, the title card, uh, which I love, by the way, that they do the title cards, you know, as part of the scenery. In, oh, in, yeah, yeah. In, that's awesome. Way. I love that. Yeah. That's a very that's a great nod to Gibbons. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even the title, the Watchmen title shows up in weird areas and weird presentations. Uh, but when I saw the title, I thought, oh, that's Oklahoma. Right. And the minute they introduced Don Johnson's character as Judd, I thought, are they going to do the poor Judd is dead bit. And sure enough, that's what yep. they did. And they mirrored, <laughs> they mirrored the comedian smiley face button with the yep. badge of the yep. sheriff getting yep. the blood. I mean, I was, and that the first episode grabbed me immediately. And I was just like, well, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I was, uh, I was really the, I, I loved the direction that they decided to go in early on, which is, uh, and, and actually, it was the thing that, that kind of drew me in as well, uh, starting with the with the Tulsa race riot, which right. I had uh, I knew about it, but I did not I had not read on it in any detail. Um, I had I had learned about it through some other research that I'd done for Robert E. Howard. And, but I had not gone into it because I, w- I kind of had to focus on Texas. So this was sig- – this because my first thought was, wow, there's airplanes dropping dynamite. I hope this is fake. <laughs> you know, I hope right? this is an imaginary – no, turns out that's what they did. You know, it's just Are terrifying. you serious? Yeah. I that, had no – yeah. 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 They, were dropping, they were dropping dynamite from, on, on, from airplanes down onto the population, uh, yeah. onto the black population. I am I am I'm ashamed of myself for not knowing that that was an actual event. Um, and why don't we know? Why isn't that more publicized? Why don't we know about well, about I, I, I you know, this is kind of what's happening about it now. It's it's, right. a, it's actually a thing that they're I, I think it's just so interesting to, to have the series set in Tulsa. I mean, yeah. you know, for crying out loud. But but, you know. Again, there's a there's a method to all of this because race is at the cent at the center of this story. Yes. You know, uh, in a way that uh, I don't know, I don't know if if um, if this had been done even four years ago, five years ago, I don't think it would have looked like this. You know what I mean? Right. I think no, I, think I agree with that. Very I much informed that. by our current political environment and what's going on and what everybody's talking about, what everybody's not talking about. And so, uh, in this regard, uh, the series is science fiction in a very traditional way in that science fiction, good science fiction is never about the future. It's always about the present. (laughs) And so, and so this is straight in, in terms of speculative fiction, this is, speculative fiction from the Harlan Ellison playbook, sure. you know? So, sure. yeah. And then, and of course the other, the other uh, historical thing that they put in the, into the beginning there that a lot of people don't know about is the, the sheriff in the movie that oh, inspires, Reed, yeah. yeah, that inspires uh, hooded justice and the little boy sitting there saying, you know, justice. And uh, I love the way he's saying that line. Um, 
But yeah, Bass Reeves was an actual historical character and is is the basis for the Lone Ranger. Yep. Um, huh. And so again, that that's another individual, black individual from history that yeah. almost nobody knows about. Hmm. Um, so you know, our our history is filled with that, and that is one of the things that this 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 era, this new Enlightenment era, uh, has brought to so many fans and so many people just in general. Yeah, um, no is doubt. is bringing out a lot of our history that we have either buried, uh, forgotten, ignored, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of times for very racist reasons, you know, for for very convenient reasons that serves the the the, the white uh, power establishment. Right. Um, that that they don't want people to know about what happened in Oklahoma. There, mm-hmm. nobody wants Bass Reeves. To be, you know, the guy that everybody says, oh yeah, he was the Lone Ranger. No, nobody wants to talk about that. That's right. Yeah, you know? they 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 whitewashed that, obviously. Yes. You know? Yeah. So so you know that's another thing. That's I agree with Mark in that this show could not have been made five years ago. It just it just couldn't, and it wouldn't have been made the same way, obviously. Mm. Um, but but now now I think we're entering uh, uh, a time where people. D- not only are they entertained by this sort of thing, but it teaches them about their history, about about you know their importance, about their impact uh, on 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 history and society. Um, yeah. So it's it's you know again I I cannot say enough good things about the show. Uh, uh, you know uh, Lindelof on the off chance that you are listening to the show, um, bravo and kudos, sir. Yes. My hat off to you. You have created an absolute masterpiece that will be talked about for decades. Mm-hmm. And um, all and all is forgiven. All is forgiven. <laughs> all is forgiven. Hey, yeah. now, mind yeah. you, Damon, that's not me. I ain't saying that shit. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think we all. I think we all had had a little bit of a, of a PTSD after Lost ended uh, for various reasons. Um, but yeah, let's 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 focus on some of these main characters. I want to I want to talk uh, about the brilliance of the setup. For uh, Ozymandias and his his exile, uh, his self imposed exile, frankly, because you know he sort of asked for it, but yet even the most glamorous prison is still a prison. Yep. So he was surrounded by multiples of his servants, Mr. Phillips and Mrs. Crush- Miss, Mrs. Crookshanks, um, and and we don't really see them. You know the way it's revealed that he's got more than the two that after he kills them on stage and then right the, the, then un, the duplicates come out wearing masks and take the masks off and they're all identical clones and yeah. and and just the, the 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 eccentricity of of Jeremy Irons is vite um, it's slowly going insane as he said um, in that manor house I thought that was an amazing uh, an amazing setup watching him do the retelling of the origin of Doctor Manhattan. Uh, on stage, um, it's just it, it sets the stage so well. That was an episode two, Martial Feats of Comanche Comanche Horsemanship, where we right. where we kind of get that reveal, and then we move on. And what is he doing? What's his great plan? Where is he? You know, right. we find out as the series goes on where he is really, yeah. and how he plans to get out. And, the and, and but, reveal, he, and, but, he, but the thing is, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joseph. Right? Oh, you're probably going to say exactly what I'm going to say. Go ahead. Well, the reveal in the final episode of how he actually escaped after he met his estranged daughter and vowed to her, I'm never going to call you daughter. What he <laughs> did 
the number of, of, of clones he had to brutally murder and use their corpses after firing them with a catapult through the, 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 the force field base of wherever he was to line them up. To build it, he had to get enough Legos on the ground right, so that right. he could arrange those Legos. So he could yep. spell out, save Genius. me, daughter. Genius. Oh. oh, my God. And even better, though, but it, it's that, that after you see all that, you recognize that there is some bit of conscience uh, to him. Because, like like you pointed out, uh, Joseph— Nobody, nobody sent him here as a punishment. Nobody, nobody condemned him to this prison. Nobody put the 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 huntsman, you know, guard the guard, the the the, the whatever the what was it called the, the uh, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nobody, nobody uh, assigned that game, right. Nobody assigned the the gameskeeper his role. That was all Ozymandias saying, yeah. Yeah. "You're going to be the gameskeeper." Um, I'm going to try to escape. You have to stop me. And then you're going to have a trial and you're going to try me for my crimes. This is him yeah. instructing them to do this. So clearly this is something that haunts him. Right. He does feel I deserve to be humiliated, to be right. tried and to be imprisoned for the three million souls that I killed yeah. uh, on New York that day. Um, so there is there is a little bit of a, a redemption quality to him. Yeah. Um, he's not just this, you know, arrogant uh, guy that said, oh, I saved the world. Everyone should worship me. No, that's Lady True. Well, that's Lady right. True. Now, that's let me, the true let me, villain let me, of the story. Let me give you a spin on this because I don't okay. know that um, – I don't know that it's quite redemptive so much as it's a, um, a need to be better <laughs> uh, punished. Oh, you know, um, it, it there's a there's a an axiom in law enforcement that you know the guilty will always talk. You know, uh, the serial killers when they're caught uh, are are all, always tell everybody what they did because they because they need to confess, they need to get it out. That you know, uh, and in some cases it's it's uh, the 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 narcissism and the reveling in the story, you know, the, this is how clever I was. This is how it, right. And, and in some cases it's because they, ha, they were brought up with, you know, a sense of right and wrong and a knowledge that they're outside of it. And so, you know, it, I, I think in this case, you know, in the comic Vite specifically turns to the screen where, where Russia and America are hastily putting aside their nuclear arsenal and drafting, uh, a peace treaty, and he says, "I did it." And then he raises his hands and says, "I did it." Right. You know, right. it's a, a and and the thing is, is he, you know, knowing that he got away with it, he 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 talks in the original comic about what a burden it is. It's a terrible burden. You know, he knows what he's about to do, and I think that because he got away with it, and even though he got put into exile, I think there was a need for someone to give an accounting for that. And so I think that's what all that was uh, a reference to, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. But but to add to add another point there, because we have to look at the whole series. I do think it was redemptive because when he comes back, he he He's jumps got a spring right, step. Yeah, right. He come he jumps right back into the role of mm -hmm. of hero. He stops Lady True. Uh, so, so it, it it's almost like he. Uh, the way I looked at it is, he's brought back to Earth, right? Yes, he wanted a, a kudos and acknowledgement for his brilliance for what he had done. He realized the world was ignoring him. Uh, President Redford didn't care 
uh, to hear any of his plans or that he helped get him elected or anything like that. So he goes off to be worship, right, in this community, because that's what he wants to be, worship, or that's what he thought he wanted. Right, exactly. Then he gets there and realizes, nope, that's not at all what I want. That's Uh, terribly unsatisfying. Correct. Um, so there's always the narcissist in him, and I love his line that he he first says it in Latin. That he says takes yeah. to no one. Yeah, that's brilliant. Right. But then, but then he comes back, and without even thinking, he's like, "I've got to stop her." I, I, right. So he, so he right clearly is a hero. He clearly is a hero, and I mm-hmm. think he is haunted by what he's done. But of course, he's a narcissist. I think a lot of superheroes could be probably labeled as narcissists. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so no, I, I think it is redemptive. I think I mean, and plus, then of course he's immediately knocked out by Looking Glass, and he's about to be probably actually tried for his crimes. But um, I think there was a lot, a, a, something to be said about the dialogue that he that he gives to Looking Glass about how you know I'm going to save the world again, you know, and then right. he does it. He's like, I did it again, right? He was very very clear about the fact that it happened again. But this time, I think he felt he felt that he. I don't know that it balanced out somehow. I saved the world once, and now I saved it again. And this time, I didn't do it with like I didn't kill three million people. This time, I just a five-acre square block of Tulsa is destroyed by frozen squids dropping from the sky like a Gatling gun. But yeah, you know, yeah. The, somehow and maybe in his mind, he thought, "Well, I'm I'm cool now. We're 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 square. We're square." It's I a did. much smaller scale, so yeah, right. this is clearly isn't a, a big a deal. Yeah, right, right. No, no, no. I, I, there's no doubt. There's no doubt yeah. that he is still up to the point where he is knocked out. He is still a narcissistic, arrogant asshole. There's right. no doubt about it. <laughs> oh my but, what I'm, but what I'm saying is that it, it's still within his act. I do think there is some redemption. Uh, when he when he reveals um, Owlman or what's his name the the, the night was it Night Owl Night Owl yeah yes. Night Owl when he reveals Night Owl. Night Owl's ship and he turns to her and she and he says it's been a hoot <laughs> yeah yeah. 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 Oh my yeah. God. And you know what's uh, funny is that you know, as I think about it, perhaps I mean, Ozzy Mendias may be, you know, of course, because he claims he's the smartest man on on the planet. He may be the type of character that obsessively, compulsively needs a challenge like this. He oh needs God, to yeah. constantly have oh, yeah. something that he's confronting that he then can take a a grand heroic gesture to stop. Right. Um, and, and, and so, I, I mean, but again, that's, that's why he's such a great character. That's what makes him so amazing. That's why Jeremy Irons played him to perfection, um, is that he is an incredibly flawed, complex antihero. Um, and, there, uh, and there's, there's definitely a, uh, a point to be made for, um, for, for the idea that, um, you know, the world's smartest man, uh, has to have a challenge, right? And and uh, he reinforces it several times in the show, but but none more tellingly than in the finale when uh, he finally uh, destroys the gamesman, right? And uh, oh, <laughs> and and and, and I, I love the idea uh, that you know he, he sort of less less an observation about the fact that he could have just overpowered this guy at any time because it's pretty obvious who he is in the mask. Right. But the, but the commentary about the mask mm-hmm. and uh, it's something that we have been seeing throughout the whole series, you know, uh, uh, someone who wears a mask can be cruel. Mm-hmm. Men are cruel when they wear a mask. 
<laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and, and that is that is a theme that has run from the first episode to the last. Absolutely. And uh, and I love the fact that, um, you know, at least through both iterations of the um, the comic book and and here, uh, he never he he had a mask briefly during his vigilante days in the comic book. But, right. you know, when he went public, he took his mask off and, and became Vite. And so uh, this this idea, again, there's this separation with him. You know, he's he's looking at himself as as sort of part, as sort of apart from the rest of humanity because he's the world's smartest man. Right. But at the same time, he is just as deeply flawed and screwed up as the rest of us, maybe even right. more so. So, absolutely. Right. No, absolutely. It's 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 a great turn, and uh, the one of the best things about the series is how um, all of the, the the each each successive episode reinforces the one before it, and yeah. uh, points that are kind of brought up early on are driven home two episodes later. Right. If you didn't, if you missed the idea of baby Cal in the buggy leaving Tulsa, mm-hmm. here's Superman's origin right here. Two episodes later, right. just to make sure you got it. You right. Know? right. Uh, so, so it's a structurally speaking genius. Just, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. it's just not a false note, which is the, so the, rare. And, and let's talk about the, the visceral level of entertainment that it offered, the way it was shot, the, uh, particularly the episode, this extraordinary being when, when she, after she drink after she eats all of the nostalgia, uh, and goes back in time and experiences it all the Holy way smoke. that that episode in mostly in black and white flowed through time back and forth. The, the camera cuts that at one point it was hooded justice, you know, and then turned around and suddenly it was, it was her, you know, Will as as Hooded Justice, you know, and then and then the back end it was her, and it was just such, it was such an amazing dreamlike episode, purposely so, masterfully manipulated. If the camera is our eye, and a master director can take that eye and show us what he wants to show us, I just want to see the storyboards on this. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, well, that episode was so amazing. The storyboards are straight out of Dave Gibbons' playbook for Watchmen. Yeah. The tra- the scene transitions and the way that uh, the image from the past flows into the image of the present and, yeah. and back again uh, is is a um, is a, a device that was used throughout the original series. And one of the ways that I one of the greatest ways that it plays. Uh, uh, homage to that, uh, to the original twelve issue series is, is the the graphic, um, uh, storytelling aspects. The, the, I mean, this probably more so than, well, I don't know if it's more so, but but this was the most uh, like an Alan Moore comic I'd ever seen anything. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, that's, that's absolutely true. The. Yeah. Uh, the, the the ability um, to to tie up all the loose ends, which I can't personally, apart from the one that I was mistaken on about about uh, Veidt's uh, fade at the end of the Watchmen comic book, apart from that, that I was corrected on. Thank you, gentlemen. I have no loose ends in this. There are yeah. no questions that I've yeah. got. I, um, no, I, I have one. I have one. Okay. 
and I thought I, I thought I knew what the purpose of this was, and now I'm not sure, and I'd love to get you guys' opinions on it. All right. What the hell was up with that elephant? What was the purpose of that elephant? That she was hooked up to, yeah. Yep. Um, what, 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 what do you think was happening? The, the only thing that I got out of that, because they were, they were trying to, like, flush, her, flush the um, nostalgia from her system. So and... they were putting it into the elephant? The only thing I could think of is that the old axiom of an elephant never forgets. Right. I, that, that's literally where I went with it. I went, right. they just no, that, that that's, that's where my, memory? Yeah, that's where my housemate went. Like, oh, hey, yeah. an elephant never forgets. But so yeah. she was taking uh, the Hooded Justice's memories that were in in uh, uh, Angela, and and she was just putting it into the elephant, like just to get him out of her, out of Angela's body. I guess like if, you, if you're poisoned, they, they flush your system you know, to try to get the bad stuff out. And, and but was it a good. was it a literal elephant or a metaphorical elephant? Be, elephant because she was hooked up to hoses. That's true. Right. And so, well, the elephant was real. The elephant was actually a living, breathing thing. You could see it breathing. But I don't know. I I wasn't sure. And then and then I had a wacky theory, which which I, I do not think is true at all. Um, that she was using the elephant because I didn't know how she was going to get her dad back. Uh, but I I knew it was her dad. And I thought, well, what if she's somehow taking Vite's memories and storing them? Like, what if you can't store them in a computer? You need a biological entity right. to store these memories in. Hmm. Um, and because of the elephant never forgets kind of thing, um, she was storing them there. But but I don't, obviously that's that's not the case. That's not what she was doing. Hmm. So I'd love to hear from from Lindelof or one of the writers. Just addressing that, like, what what was the deal with the elephant? Like, what right. what, was she, what was she doing? That was the, that episode was probably. I mean, like, I saw that and glossed over it because, honestly, that had one of the first. I think there were three like jaw drop reveals in the show, mm-hmm. and that was the first one. Right. That was the I mean, like there'd been some twists and some turns and some. Oh, that's kind of cool. And oh, wow, I wasn't expecting this. This was the first one where they took something that was canon and mm-hmm. said, you know what? Yoink. <laughs> Fool ya. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the, the, the origin of Hooded Justice, right, was so – because here's the deal. Um, it had always been, you know, in the comic, they made the observation that, you know, the Hooded Justice, there was there – was, he was – Suspicious. There were rumors. Nobody really knew who he was. Blah blah blah. There were rumors that he might have been homosexual. Nobody knew. Blah blah blah. Um, but the real secret, the big secret, mm-hmm. right? That was that that what it was Angela's dad. But what a what a genius! What a what an amazing, uh, what an inversion of the whole Where- thing. Angela's makes, dad or Angela's grandfather? Or grandfather. grandfather. It makes, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It makes it makes the hood make sense. It makes the noose make sense. Oh, it perfect. Makes, yeah. Yeah. It makes the anger make sense. It makes right. it like all of a sudden what what became just sort of like a kind of a a sort of a mean-spirited thing, right? Like the dark side of vigilantism. This yeah. isn't dollar bill. This isn't some corporate shill. This is a right. guy who's got a problem. Well, right. it takes that and now gives it this resonance, this meaning that right. I don't think I, – if Alan Moore had that in mind, I, I'd be really surprised. 
I would be yeah. super surprised because we never in in the Watchmen they show it's, hooded justice, but they never ever show anything. Yeah, like that. yeah, no, I mean, no, yeah. Now, hooded justice. It was strongly implied in the comic that he was gay. That was a very strong implication, right? Uh, and it turns and that out was, that they kept that, 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 secret, that aspect right? exactly, of it. exactly. Yeah. That was in the comic. Yeah. That was the big secret. Of course, we discovered no. The secret is actually that he was black. Um, but uh, but they kept the gay part and and that act, that you know what that actually threw me a little bit because right. up to that point th- I I saw nothing in the character that would have indicated to me that yeah. he had those interests or those inclinations right. uh, or even a curiosity yeah. so he seemed to fall into it very naturally um, yeah. the, and I the thought scene with oh, Captain Metrop- when Captain Metropolis recruits him and they had that that scene where they're talking and he puts his hand down and he puts his hand on him. Right. Uh, I mean, that was, I guess they were, they, that, that was their tell or something. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't strike me until, it didn't shock me. I was just like, oh yeah, okay, sure. I see where this is going. Cause obviously he's very interested in him and he's, there's, there's, there's a mutual attraction between the two. Um, right. So, so yeah, I mean, plus remember the, um, the fake uh, 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 documentary or mockumentary that, that right, was on the, TV. One that the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The TV show. And they're showing scenes from that. Where they're taking the le- these legends and taking these rumors and, and expounding upon them and making them really big, you know, made for TV, entertainment value kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And for, that, t- and for two episodes prior, we're told, oh, that's garbage. They got it wrong. That's There's right. So much that they didn't get right, you know. And right, so right. We, we get to see that little hood, uh, uh, justice thing at the beginning, and then imme- it, the whole thing is immediately subverted. It's yeah. the kind. It's the kind of turn. That Clint Eastwood took two and a half hours to build up in Unforgiven, right? He spends most of the movie deconstructing the myth of the gunfighter and then in the last like 10 minutes rebuilds it like in in a 30 second span of time. Right. Um, Watchmen did it in under an hour, (laughs) you know. So, wow, you know. Yeah. That was one. Yeah. That was the first one. That was the one where if if the hook hadn't been set by then, you were probably not going to have the hook set. But that was one. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. what a yeah. bold move! This yeah. And then, and then to yeah. do it again, oh my god! Well, uh, the uh, there's all the all the episodes are are spectacular. However, um, a, a god walks into a bar. Oh. Is, is the one that I that just it stunned me. I was that, yes, that is that is where the storytelling became just left right off off yeah. cliff into and, the stratosphere. And, and that, that was, was the, that was the penultimate episode, you know. Yeah, but it yes, was, I was just left oh. absolutely yeah. agreed, buddy. Agreed. That's how you write an omniscient being. That is how you write a character who can see the past, present, and future at the same time and is multiple places at the same time and is all-knowing. That, that's Bingo. how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Bingo. And, yeah. And, here, and here's what was cool about this. That was actually uh, – that was something that Moore did in the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he did it in the single issue. In fact, I seem to recall that – it was spread out across uh, two or three, where we see Manhattan interacting at separate times, uh, and then uh, flipping back and forth. And you know, at the time, again, you know, in 1986, genius uh, comic book storytelling. Wow, you know, and it's the kind of thing in comic books where you know you have a limit, an unlimited special effects budget, and can tell the story in a way you want in as much space as you need. So Alan Moore did a lot of pushing of boundaries in that regard. Yeah. It's why we regard him, 
you know, so highly, uh, particularly for these things that he was doing in the eighties. Um, but I'd never seen anyone try it again and pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. what stones, what brass balls, yeah. what giant Herculean gastrolith ostrich egg huevos it takes to go, you know what, Alan Moore? That was cool. I'm a double down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was amazing. And, and the way he would, and it was so seamless because she, through that whole conversation, she's like, oh, really? So when does that happen? He's like, well, that's going to happen, you know, 20 minutes from now. And then he'd say, oh, well, oh really? So when does that happen? That happens 20 <laughs> years from now. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, to keep all that straight in your head. No wonder he has to be a god. That's um, the magic That's the part yeah. I don't want to see, right? Because at that point, it's apparent that yeah. they have strings attached to uh, safety pins going on to four different whiteboards and five <laughs> different colors yep. and yeah. three by five cards hanging off of off of coat hangers. <laughs> off of light fixtures, and yeah. I don't want to see any of it. <laughs> right. yeah. so I wonder oh, why, like the true. gentleman, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I wonder why they chose not to show Dr. Manhattan's face, because we never actually see his face at all until he takes the form that he takes, and then when he comes back, he decides to keep that face, because she makes a comment, that's not your face. Right. Why why do you think that they hid his face behind the blue mask throughout that entire scene and never showed us his face? Uh, you know, that, that's a good point. I, it, it could have been just it, it might have been confusing to the audience to have him blue and look like two separate people. Um, they explained it pretty well. I, know, he was doing. I, that, I, just, yeah, I think yeah. I think that's just the quick answer. Like, well, well it's here's... easier if he assumes this shape. Yeah. And then that's how the the audience knows that's what he looks like. Not not to get too, you know, theological here, but there but is. If I'm not a, mistaken. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, he does show his face. He does not show his, his not, face. Not, not as much no, no, when he appears in the mortuary before he looks like the other guy, doesn't he? Doesn't he show? Doesn't isn't he sitting there with his face exposed? No. Nope. And then and no. then she shows him they the never, body, and then they, he comes. They never show his. They, they never show the front of him. They show the back You're of sure. his head. You're sure. And the side a little bit, but never Positive. a full front shot. Okay. They never show his face. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go yeah. with you because I thought here's maybe. where I'm going to go with it. Okay, go for it. There's a theological belief that you cannot look into the face of God. Uh, and I think that's what they were doing. That's it's cool. like how how do you define the face of a deity? How right. can a deity be be shown? And they decided not to. And I I kind of like that. I kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, that's good. that's good. Yeah, I think that's the, why the the blue face a mask. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it it does it does double duty. It does it does two things. So from a storytelling point of view, him putting on the mask lets us know that he is uh, assuming a mortal form, right? It's the yeah. face of a god, but he's walking around during, um, you know, the celebration. So he has the virtue of being able to walk up to her mm -hmm. and start a conversation, and she doesn't buy any of his shit. Right. So, so this is good. This is Thor, you know, dressing up like the giants, right? Sure. <laughs> you know, or, or sure. however you want to, you know, Zeus is a swan or whatever we want to do. Right. Um, there is another really good reason for it, and that is um, we find out uh, the, in the episode before, we find out that her husband, mm -hmm. who has been 
you know, kind of a normal guy this whole time. We've never even given him a second thought. You know, he glows blue and we go, oh, my God. Uh, And then the next episode, uh, he's wearing that mask. Now, here's the problem. We've already seen an actor be Dr. Manhattan. Right. But we've not seen Dr. Manhattan in the series. So we have a whole episode of Dr. Manhattan basically in a pure isolated form. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't get to stare at him and go, you know what? He looks just like blah, 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 blah. And this is just right. like the thing with the Zack Snyder, blah, blah, blah. We don't have any of that. There's nobody doing that because it's because he's got the mask on. He's pretending to be Dr. Manhattan, but we know he's really Dr. Manhattan. Right, so right. it's so so the 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 story version, I think, Joseph, you're right there. But I think practically it allows us to get comfortable with the idea that there's another guy playing Dr. Manhattan. And I, and that's probably deeply cynical on my part, but I don't care because I know how fans are so <laughs> well here's uh, the thing i love joseph's uh i love joseph's answer for for story reasons for like oh man that's brilliant mm-hmm. um but i do think it's more practical i think yeah. i think they wanted us to get to know that when we see dr manhattan he's going to look like cal he's not going to look like anybody else right. Right. yeah um and so so yeah but but no no now that i now now that that's out there now that you float it hey you can't look at the face of God. I'm like, oh, that's genius. I love that. that that's exactly why they didn't show his face. Yeah, that's um, really good. That's really good. Uh, and and that that little turn. Uh, they did show that, the that blue whole... dildo. They they did show the blue. Oh, dildo. Gene Smart's little travel case. <laughs> love it. Oh my God! Loved and it, it. it just flew under the radar, which was that is so one nice brave woman. It. That is one brave woman. I I disagree. I think I think she knows exactly what she's in for. Right. <laughs> well, she does right. now. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, so it, they really hammered home the in this final episode entitled <laughs> "See How They Fly." They really hammered home the cavalry working with the Cyclops leadership, the the deep seated hatred. Uh, and and yeah. racism. These villains were, you know, seeing, chewing, mustache twirling, you know, yeehaw, good old boy, hayseed, bad guys. Yeah, and right. and they, they made no apologies for that. They played it really over the top. I mean, they were absolutely, um, you know, just going with it. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, part of me felt a little... I knew that that was that that, that it was going to fail. I, I sort of knew that it was going to go horribly wrong, and that True was going to show up, and everything was going to be you know whatever it was. Um, Joe, I kind of wanted a, a much more personal death for him. I was I felt a little cheated that he just oozed out, became you know like Papa Balloon kind of stuff. <laughs> I, it was good. I love that he was liquefied. I just I wanted to see him get liquefied. <laughs> I wanted to hear him. I want because you know he he's the kind of villain that you you. He's the Mississippi burning uh, villain. He's the guy, you right. know, uh, that you want to see terrified for a brief moment before he dies. I, you know, I, maybe it's just me, but, you know, um, but but I when when True does show up, though, and her machinations are revealed and she's doing what she's doing. And I don't know. I felt that Vite kind of gave her the short end of the stick, though, too, because he says she's not going to do what she says she's going to do. And he really doesn't know. He's just assuming or projecting his own self to, on her. I don't know if it, you know what I'm saying? To say she says she's going to help all mankind and, and humanity, 
But I know her because she's like me and she's not going to do that. So I want to go ahead and just do what I'm going to do, save the save the world to be the hero. You know, right. um, what are your thoughts, guys? Do you think that, that it was any chance that True may have been on the right path and Vite just sort of undercut her for the sake of being Vite? No, not a chance. I, I, I think Lady True would have run the world. See, you know, this gets back to my to our entire sign off for me for the last several years. And the man we pray never, ever gets the powers of Superman, right. um, there's a reason for that. And I think Vite understood that that Lady True, if she was even 10% like him... Yeah, absolute power would, corrupts, absolutely. Correct. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm sure from, from, from Lady True's point of view, she would be benevolent and she would make the world better. And just like I, I would think that, if I got the power of Superman, I would absolutely make the world better, guys. I would, but I would kill millions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 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 I I admit that up front, yeah. Give me the power of Superman, I will make the world a utopia or as close to one as I can get. But on the path there, uh, it will cost millions of souls. <laughs> there, I yeah, wonder there, if one, there will be blood. <laughs> yes. I wonder. I wonder if it's one of those situations where where uh, Vite, being the smartest man in the world, uh, knew it was going to happen even before Lady True knew it was going to happen. In other words, he was like, I know what's going to happen. I I'm 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 that smart. You don't even you have no idea. You are an innocent in this, and I'm sorry that I'm gonna have to do this. But I know it. Hey, it, it kind of harkens back to the whole Jon Snow, Daenerys Targaryen thing. Hey, uh -huh. I'm gonna have to kill you because I know what you're gonna do. You think you're gonna be you think you're doing the right thing here, and you're bringing the the, the kingdoms together. But I know who you are. You're a mad Targaryen. I'm gonna have to kill you. You know, yeah. in, yeah. in a sense. No, absolutely. It, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's uh, it, it the I, I there's another possibility here, and it's again, it's very cynical. Um, maybe Vite doesn't like the competition. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I'm leaning more towards the idea that Vite is still being villainous in a way that he's like, I, you know what? She's bested me a couple of times. I can't sit with that. You know? It's. I mean, I mean, I mean. I, you I, know, know, I don't serves, know that I would agree with that. I, I, mean, I think he good, sees her as a rival. I think he definitely sees her as a worthy. What is it that he wanted the gamekeeper to worthy, be? A worthy opponent. Yeah, yes, a worthy adversary. Absolutely. From from the moment he realizes, ah, there's my worthy adversary. I think he's determined to stop her, not so much for altruistic reasons, but th that's the game. That's it's, the game. It's, it's like yeah. it's yes. like Sherlock Holmes. It's like Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes needs to have the mystery he's solving, or he's a fucking drug addicted asshole. Right, um, and, and so and he needs the Moriarty to he he needs the Holmes to his Moriarty. Yeah, correct. So absolutely, there's no doubt that what Byte is doing is first and foremost uh, informed and 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 urged by his personality and his wants and desires, uh, and that is to defeat Lady True because he's the smartest person, not her. Right. Uh, but the second part of that is, no, I think he's also smart enough to understand that if somebody gave him, Vite, the powers of Dr. Manhattan, that would be really horrible for the world. Right, right. Um, and, and, and every time you think about Osmandius or, you know, you, for me anyway, the irony is not lost because I always think of Shelley's poem. I always think right. of the origin of the name and where it comes from and how— Ironic it is that all his great buildings and his great desires and his great plans, in the end, he's just a, 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 a pair of statue feet in a desert with an inscription saying, you know, gaze upon my works, ye mighty, in despair. And there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing, you know. That's the, that's the greatest part about that name that he took, the character that he took, you know. It it all fall it all's gonna fall to dust. It's bound to because he that's his fucking name. <laughs> right. right, you know. Right. 
Yeah. Wow. In in the in the end, he he will uh, he he may he may originally he may initially prevail, but mm-hmm. he will be forgotten by history. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a uh, I I know that was part of what. Uh, Moore was going for initially, right. and so you know, and and so now I take it back. Maybe Moore wouldn't like this because he wouldn't have liked the idea that this story continues into 2019. But I think rather, uh, what's what's more significant about this is here's here's some uh, here's some characters that had previously only existed in the vacuum of the 80s, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that because that's a story. That's of its time and of its place, right? Yeah. The threat in the '80s, the existential threat in the '80s, was, uh, you know, that we were ten minutes uh, to midnight. We were, we were this close. We were still in the midst of the Cold War. We were on the brink. It's, it was designed to be that sort of cautionary tale, and so in in the same way, the Watchmen series of 2019 you know, re- reimagines that as this is our existential threat. Sure. And and so, uh, the fact that they were able to take the remnants of the story, uh, and and do something completely new with it, uh, that still resonates is is just fascinating. Uh, I, I it's such a triumph. And let me tell you something. I'm going to be a downer here. Wah, wah. I don't want a second season. I'm almost I'm almost with you on that. I'm almost with you on that. I if if they if they leave it now, and leave it as it is, it's perfect. I know. <laughs> it's it, it's 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 the first Highlander movie, right? Wow. You know, it's not that there could be only one, but yeah. you don't need another one. You don't need a second series. Yeah. This was this was so good. I don't know how you're going to top it, and it's immediately going to suffer from comparison. I know. That's, so, that's a tough one because as much as I love to revisit this world again and 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 see these characters again, that is a, that's a niggling fear. Can it ever yeah. be as good? Can can they match it? Are they going to run it into the ground? Um, and that would be my that absolutely would be my worry as well. I mean, if they made no more of these, I would be perfectly happy. It was um, a great ending. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. yeah. No, that said, I have heard rumors that. There is another season that's being planned, but it's a totally different story. It's not a continuation of this first one. Okay. Uh, it, it is It is a completely different story set in the same world. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Night Owl is dead. Uh, Rorschach uh, is gone. Uh, there, there were certainly some some characters that I wanted to know more about in this world. Um, but I almost wonder again, you know, hmm, I don't know. I, my, my, my thought is my first thought is, oh yeah, well, cool. That's better. But I don't know if it's enough. Well, if they, if they touch on, if they set it in a different city, it's not Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there's still, you know, the vigilantism going through, um, you know, and, and, and had this other purpose, maybe, uh, hinting back and forth to, um, the trial of 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 Vite that's being televised all over the world. Everyone's watching it. You know, it, it kind of pop in a little bit of that, and and, and maybe we will get to see Silk Spectre again a little bit. I, I don't know. How do you? If do you Vite, yeah, if, if if Vite and uh, if the trial of Vite is in the background of the second season, like the TV show for Hooded Justice was right in the right. in the background of this right. one. 
then, then, then I think that's probably a good starting point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. Again, it's a, that's a, that's a tough call. Um, it is a tough call. Then, and then what if, uh, I mean, again, he's the smartest man in the world. You know, could he think all those steps ahead? Could, does, would he know that he's about to, that, that, that was going to happen to him? I, I don't know, but <laughs> he's, he's got basically a worshiping army sitting on one of the moons of Jupiter uh, <laughs> somehow ready to be transported here to this planet. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying it, it you know, that, that opens up a whole lot of, I don't want it to be Vite centric again because he was so yeah, good in this, and then exactly. they overuse him. If they overuse him, that's going to make me angry. Yeah. Um, but no, I would guess they don't. I, I would guess Ozymandias is probably going to go to prison, uh, and that's pretty much the all we're going to see of them. Unless, unless whatever the issue is that they're trying to tackle in the second season, maybe we'll see Night Owl. Maybe they'll, Night Owl's been in prison this whole time, so maybe oh, Night Owl right. gets a crack. Um, if they need to call on Vine, you know, we might very, in a very Hannibal Lecter kind of way, have a scene yeah. where somebody's going to visit uh, Vine in prison and they're talking to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can see that. I can see that. Um, but I don't know that they would they would bring Vite in so prominently again in the second season. I think yeah. I think they would want to do a completely different story. Well, yeah. Besides, they're uh, they are working on a Dungeons and Dragons movie, and they may need Jeremy Vine or Jeremy Irons again for that. You know, Jesus Christ! Everybody's got a got a mortgage to pay. You know, dude, dude, why why, why you gotta hurt the man? Why you gotta hurt the man? <laughs> I kid. Anyway. No, he has uh, redeemed himself for D and D for his yes, amazing yes. turn as. Ozzy yes. so. Oh my God! Well, <laughs> there's so much. He's got so much uh, a collateral with me. Uh, you know, everything from Scar to uh, you know uh, uh, playing Alfred. I think he was a great Alfred. I mean, he I was. just I, I I love him. I love, yeah. love him as an actor. So um, I'm I'm all about uh, Jeremy Irons in, uh, in like I said, just about everything he does. Uh, so what do you guys think? Did she eat the egg and walk on water? Oh, good, good call. I, this is my thought. I, 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 I see exactly, you know, like as soon as she did it, I see exactly what she did. Like, like, you know, uh, this is how he's been talking to her since the day they met. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it would make perfect sense if there was one egg left and then he could put his, I mean, it's all oh, that was so it was set up so beautifully, it was. right. Set up so beautifully, but there is a part of me that I, you know, this is the deal. I don't know if I'm going to be happy knowing either way. I don't know if I'm going to be happy because, because that's, that seems like an awful lot of, of a lot of things had to happen to make sure that that egg didn't get broken. But again, that's what he does. So maybe, uh, maybe the whole, maybe this whole thing was a setup from the get go. And now his consciousness is going to be into her and she's going to have all the memories of the, previous incarnation I, I don't know on the other hand if it doesn't happen i'm gonna uh, that's gonna be deeply dissatisfying as well it's like come on man yeah, <laughs> i actually think uh like god uh manhattan really does have a great sense of humor and so she eats the egg and then swoosh, falls right into the water you know what um, I, I thought about that too and then there's a little there's a little cosmic giggle <laughs> gotcha right. Right, right. Um, so no 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 i kid um i don't know I, I i agree with you mark it's almost better not to know it's yeah. almost better for it to be, you know, Schrodinger's Schrodinger's Manhattan 
I yeah, just you don't it's know. It's a quantum you state, know. you know. Exactly. It's a quantum state of 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 it does and it doesn't work at the same time. I think as soon as you make that choice, uh, you you take away half of what's good about it. Right. And keep in mind, Manhattan of all people would know what a burden it is to be Manhattan. And I don't know. He, I think he loves Angela so much that he would not want to do that to her. Here's yeah. hoping. Um, that he yeah, would he be did, like, he did seem really happy. He did seem like a really good father, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the whole reason why he wanted to become human was to experience that. He'd forgotten it. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's also one of the reasons why he allows himself to be destroyed. He realizes that his existence is as much a curse as anything else. Um, I, uh, I don't, I'm once again, going to say it. I don't want to get theological here, but <laughs> You do realize the symbolism of the egg and the sacrifice and the man and the God made flesh is basically the Bible. Totally. Yeah. It's the it's the Eucharist for crying yeah, exactly. out loud. Exactly. Yeah. Take take my body and eat it and you'll have yes. eternal life. It, it's 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 there. Oh my god, it's there. Yeah, no, um, I mean every, all, everything that we've said so far, like yeah. my god, uh, Dr. Oh, Manhattan's human form was named cow come on you can't get any more obvious than that and uh, there's a lot of the uh the 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 test being she's going to try and walk on water (laughs) telegraph much yeah Yeah. (laughs) somehow somehow it didn't come across as anything but natural in the progression of the story no totally yeah you know it's not frankly it's not until i sit and i think about the episode i just saw that i go huh okay yeah, I see that, you know, and 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 they really hammered it home with episode eight. A god walks into a bar, but I really think that they 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 skirted those issues without being too over, you know, because that would have turned me off if they had gotten really, you know, look how Christ-like he is. Yeah, yeah, I would get it. Yeah, but you I know, agree. I agree. Do but, it like but, that. But then is, again, is, then then I have no choice but to conclude. Everything that I saw in that show leads me to believe that Manhattan would not want to inflict godhood upon Angela. Right. That's not something right. he would want to do. Yeah, but it's really, I, you know, I get that they don't want to leave that money on the table, and and they're this is going to get nominated for a bunch of Emmys and Cable Ace Awards or whatever it is that HBO gets nominated for. Yeah. This is gonna this is gonna be like, I mean, people are talking again, near universal praise. Really glowing terms, and it seems to have satisfied both the the HBO watchers and the comic fans. Which is, let's face it, that in and of itself is is practically miraculous. It really but, is. And, but there's a there's a real I I, I kind of hope that they do a Sex Pistols thing and walk. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. You ever get the feeling you're being played? You know, and just pull you back. Ever have and go, the feeling you've been cheated. Yeah, this would be good. Just just step back and 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 drop it and go. All right, there's your there's your new Watchmen. Boom. And so and so by the way, I was before you got on, uh, Joseph. I was telling Mark. Okay, I went and had dinner with a buddy of mine about three weeks ago, and we were both saying, okay, uh, what are your predictions? What do you think is happening? What do you think is going to happen? And uh, I threw out a bunch of stuff, and I got about ninety five percent of it correct. Uh, I said, Ozymandias is Lady True's father, clearly. Um, the ship that comes back, at, the thing that crashes on that person's property, that's her dad, clearly. Um, he's already on Earth. I don't know how or where. I should have guessed when I saw the fucking gold statue. 
Um, so a lot of the, uh, uh, this whole plan to destroy Manhattan and get the power, that's Lady Two's plan, and she's using the Seventh Cavalry as patsies. I mean, again, check, 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 right down the list. The thing that I got wrong that surprises me that it didn't turn out this way was that this was not, and in a way it kind of is uh, Ozymandias' plan because it's Lady True's plan, that it wasn't, it was not Ozymandias' plan. Because the smartest men in the world, you have to you have to consider, the smartest men in the world who went through all this trouble, who killed, murdered three million people so that he could prevent a thermonuclear war and have it, there be peace on Earth, would have have to have factored into his plan that in that utopia, there is no room for, um, for a capricious, omnipotent being. Uh, Manhattan has to go. Manhattan must go. I can't believe that Ozymandias did not understand and realize that. We can't have this guy running around. It's just, it's not going to work. Um, so that's the one thing I got wrong. I did not foresee that Lady True wanted to take his powers and become Manhattan, and this was all her scheme. I thought for sure this was something that uh, Ozymandias had been doing for, behind the scenes this whole time. Mm. Um, well, but but she wanted to do what you wanted to do, which is I'll take his powers and fix all this stuff. Right. Right. So she and, says. So she says, right. And so. Uh, and again, but, she would have in her mind, she right. would have done exactly what she promised. She will yeah. make the world exactly how she wants it. Right. The I best think, villains always think what they're doing is right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, but she and she's the only one, though. She's the only one that knew he was on Earth. I think even Vite thought he was on Mars. Yes, me too. Yes, me too. Yeah. I, I didn't so. know that at first. At first I thought he knew that Manhattan was on Earth. But no, I, you are correct. Uh, clearly it was Lady True who knew that he was on Earth. Well, when they had the confrontational uh, meeting between father and daughter and she said he's not on Mars, he Vite knew that he because he was on the moon of Jupiter doing creating the the uh, you know the utopia. That's right, what right, he, right, Vite but, knew he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, but Vite didn't know that yet. When when she went to go see him and she said he's not on Mars, he's on Europa, and and what's his face was like, what you know Europa? Like how do you know that kind of thing? Right. I think I think Manhattan went to go see him and sent him to Europa after he had that meeting. After that meeting, yes, oh, Lady okay. True. So yeah. Lady True at least knew he was on Europa. Somebody, you know, here's the deal. I the. the Countdown to some fan putting the entire Watchmen uh, series in chronological order in three, two, <laughs> yes. one. Yes. So, you know, you that, that? We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. It'll happen. And that's right. part of the brilliance, folks, is, uh, you know, again, I was mentioning to Mark, the nonlinear storytelling was part of what made this series so wonderful and such a yeah. joy and a surprise. Yeah. It would. Uh, it, it actually would have sucked to try and go through in in chronological order. Or not yeah. sucked. It just. No, it, it no. would have diminished the story. It would have yeah, absolutely yeah. diminished the story. Yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. It would. It would have removed a lot of the mystery, a lot of the reveals, a lot of just the 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 the, the sheer uh, mind fuckedness of it. Which, pardon right. my French, but it. You know, I enjoy the idea that that it's like, what is going on? Oh my God, that's going on. You don't get those yeah. joys if it's just handed to you on a silver platter, you know? No, I, I got to, that probably the best thing about the series was uh, after about the, uh, probably by the end of the second episode, I had no idea where we were going. Right. Yeah, uh, and that's so, I just love it so much when I'm, you know, I was just, I was just invested. I was involved. I was curious. The, the mysteries 
that they were giving us never got so far out over my skis that I was overwhelmed. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we never had to really wait for something more than an episode or two. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and the few lingering pieces that they had hanging out got resolved in the last two episodes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's I, I'd be really surprised if this didn't become like the thing people looked at going forward of, OK, here's how you tell a complicated uh, long form narrative. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of a master class. Oh, yeah. With, oh, no. God, guys, this is the new bar. This is the new bar on how to tell a compelling a compelling narrative that employs all the stuff that we've just discussed in the last hour. And yeah. to do it in nine one-hour episodes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the Freaking real amazing. trick right there. That's oh, the real you know? Yeah. No, no, no. It, 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 there is no doubt. I think we're all in agreement that the show was brilliant. Yeah, that that could that could have been a that could have been a really that could have been a decent twelve episode series, but it was a brilliant nine episode series. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, there's no, there's there's really no. not there's I, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of fat on that. It's it's very lean. Not a lot of wasted space. There's no wasted dialogue. I mean, it's tight. Yeah. You know? Oh, and by the way, right. lest we not mention this, let lest I, I want to get this in. My God, the music, fellas. Yeah. The music. Right. Atticus Finch and Trent Razor, ladies and gentlemen. That's mom. right. Uh, he, I just, I, I knew that they were were doing um, uh, uh, soundtracks, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. I, he's doing, he's doing soundtracks now, and but, but no, it was when I, when I was sitting there watching these episodes, and this was. It was just washing over me, and that music would come in. He knew exactly when to hit us with uh, the classical music. He knew when to hit us with that weird techno sound. He knew when to hit us with the old timey, old timey classics of the of the forties and fifties. I mean, he knew oh when my. to hit us with Devo. Yep. Yes. Can I get a witness, yes. ladies and gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Can I get a witness? Play and Devo. Man. Oh my God. <laughs> That was the best thing ever. I do. I, I do also. It. I do also really enjoy that when Looking Glass finally clocks Vite in the back of the head with the wrench, the classical music stops. Yes. <laughs> Suddenly. Yeah. So it's almost as if the music was going on in his head. Yes. You know, Vite so soundtrack when, was was rock right? on. Yeah. So when he gets clocked, you know, he just stops uh, abruptly. I thought that was funny. That that's. But like I like how how it is all just come together so beautifully. I'm like, good God. I I, I almost I almost feel sad about watching other shows now because I'm gonna walk away disappointed. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you something. It it's making Crisis on Infinite Earth look pretty squirrely. Um, (laughs) but uh, but but listen, no, that's it's okay, it's good, you know. Um we're 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 at a weird time right now. Uh, this will probably end up being in another episode, but as 2019 uh, comes to a close, we're, we find ourselves at the end of several significant um, 
not just not just uh, uh, real life events, but uh, pop cultural events. You know, the end of the Avengers, the end of Star Wars. Uh, you know, the the crisis is wrapping up. Watchmen has a you know in its apocalyptic way was its own thing. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's sort of coming to an end before we hit the 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 twenty twenties, and uh, so so it's sort of fitting. Really, because uh, you say I don't know how we're going to top this, but as we as we rounded the corner into 2000, you know, we had not yet seen the Marvel Universe That's come true. to pass. We hadn't seen the the end of uh, the Lord of the Rings stuff come to pass. You know, there there's so much that you know, uh, there there we we'd only had the prequels. Uh, lined up and ready to go. We we hadn't even really thought that we'd ever see st- seven, eight, nine of Star Wars. So, um, so I, I know it seems bleak now, but uh, hope springs eternal. And yeah. all oh, this yeah. does this just lets us th- this lets us all go out on a high note, and this gives uh, the next uh, storytellers something to shoot for. Uh, and 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 what whether they succeed or not, those resu- those are going to be fantastic results. And you know, and yes. what I love more than anything is that, especially after you know Scorsese, who I love, uh, went on his you know superheroes aren't real movies rant, um, and and then you get something like this, <laughs> you get right. something like this that I think if you sat if you sat Martin down and you showed him this show. Uh, again, just like with Alan Moore, I cannot help but think that he would go. Shit! Wow, oh, that's, right. that, yeah. that's 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 fucking amazing. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, that's that that is I amazing would, storytelling. I would truly hope so. I would certainly hope that he would have, you know, the humility to say, yeah, you know what, that's just good. You know, just because it's about a big blue guy and and magic and and, and superpowers and teleportation and squids doesn't mean it's a bad story. I don't know if that's what that is pro- that's his problem is the the fa- the fantastical nature of these stories. No, no, no. He specifically was addressing the Marvel the Marvel movies, the Marvel cinematic movies. I think is what he was addressing. I will uh I'll I'll briefly share this with you. Uh my uh one of my friends uh online uh a Canadian scholar named Mike Pershon uh brought something up to me uh, uh kind of as an aside uh talking about the Scorsese debate he says I was I was rereading a, a thing uh, that interviewed Scorsese and he made the observation uh, that when we were kids, we when we saw a Hammer film uh, trailer, we knew we were in for something special. And he spoke of Hammer in very glowing terms. And and huh. and, and Mike reminded me that you know, uh, not all the Hammer films were that good. In fact, they were a lot of them were critically panned in their day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's a you know. Uh, his and the, the what he the point he made to me was that you know, um, just because it's you know that's that may be a blind spot, but it's not that Scorsese didn't recognize our nostalgia. He just didn't recognize that it was nostalgia. Yes, right. You're so right. I, I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool in a in a in a way to sort of um, frame it a little differently. Mm-hmm. So well, that, that 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 makes more sense. That makes more sense. Unfortunately, gentlemen, we are getting the red eye from uh, Max over here. Uh-oh. It, it, it's the red and green eye. He's wanting to close up for Christmas. Yeah, it is the holiday so season, ladies and Yeah. Well, it here, is. look, guys. I know for a fact that 20 minutes from now that he will not mind that we are here. I'm sorry, got a little too Manhattan on you there. <laughs> <laughs> look, what are you drinking? A Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Uh, okay. 
The Gentleman Nerd. This is a Cloak and Dagger production and is written by Aaron Rive, Mark Finn, Ben Gibbs, and Joseph Fotinos with additional material provided by Alan Moore. Thanks, Alan, you curmudgeon old man. Music composed and performed by the amazingly talented Ben Gibbs. Promotional materials, logos, and the Gentleman Nerd's mascot, that nameless robot face, created by artistic goddess Michelle Fitzpatrick. The Lobot Lounge bouncer is Maximilian, and our special guest bartender was Dr. Manhattan. Thanks, Dr. M. Our sound editor, mixer, and intentional producer is Ben Gibbs. Our executive producer and a fantastic cook and a man we all pray never ever gets Dr. Manhattan's powers, Aaron DiGaribe. The password to Vite's computer in his Karnak office is the same as his password to the computer in the New York office, Ramses II. That is a great Egyptian pharaoh who was also known as Osmandius by the Greeks. No wonder that Vite was a fan. Uh, a god walks into a bar is also known as a god walks into a bar, meaning both the character Angela Abar and the physical bar in Vietnam. And Mark Farnash is the man in the gorilla suit. Web hosting by Bluehost. <laughs> Join us in the Lobot Lounge when next we meet. And remember to always tip your bartenders and your waitstaff. Ladies and gentlemen, the Gentleman Nerds wish you and yours a very happy holiday season, and we hope you enjoy it. I'm Joseph Fotinos, reminding you all that Red Skull lives and McConkie! Ah, McClunky. That's never. Oh. That's never gonna get old. <laughs> McClunky. When, Gosh. when next we speak, we'll be on the other side of Star Wars. We will. Yeah.